Hey guys, and welcome back to Pennies and Pounds podcast with your host Kay. And this is a podcast where we aim to dispel myths, simplify difficult financial jargon, and rectify your own personal problems. So today we have audio and visuals, as you can see, depending on what you're listening to, either, you know, Spotify, wherever, or you're on YouTube. We also have visuals. So I am joined with an amazing guest. He's been here before, he's here again. He was absolutely amazing last time, and I'm excited for this one. Introduce yourself. Go, go for it. Hey, guys. Bricks with Tips once again, linking up with Pennies to Pounds podcast. You know me. I love to be here. We had a great time last time. And, of course, we're going to have a fantastic time this time. So, you guys, stay tuned. And I'm sure Kay is going to make this another amazing episode. Thank you. That, that was like a proper intro. Thank you. I know, you, I know. So I felt I, kind of, I felt kind of, I don't know, but I'm feeling the vibe today. What can I say? I love it. I love it. I'm so happy. So I'm going to bring you this episode. So today we're talking about the property market, aren't we? Yes, we are. Property. Yes, we are. Yes, As we always, are. that's, that's, that's your, your forte. I love talking about property because you teach me stuff. Um, and I think it'd be really, really helpful and useful to talk about today. Yes, yes. The people want to know. So I think it's uh, come at a perfect time. I think, um, you're bang on, you've got the right idea and people have got a lot of questions. So it's only right that we address it and we address it on a platform like this whereby people um, can take it in and digest um, uh, the information that's out there and actually what is going on right now. Because I know there's a lot of announcements that this is happening and this is happening, but sometimes it isn't always easy for the everyday person to digest. So I guess that's what we're trying to achieve here today. Exactly, you're absolutely right. So we're going to go straight in. And we're going to address what's been happening so far due to COVID, COVID-19, coronavirus, we're all in lockdown. But how has that actually affected the property market from what you can tell? So from what I can tell, if we if we scale back a bit. So um, uh, January, February, um, the uh, property market was doing really well. They were calling it the Boris bounce. Right. And um, ever since Boris Johnson came into power, the property uh, market was doing really well. And we saw capital growth over the majority of England. Right. And then some point in March, I believe COVID was in March. Right. Anyways, March. Or, yeah. yeah, March. So some, t- some point in March, COVID hit and obviously things came to a halt. And there was a lot of news um, around uh, the impacts of COVID on the property market. But if we dig into it, all of it was expected. So um, they mentioned that sales went down significantly. Well, at this point, we couldn't leave our homes. We were told to stay at home. So obviously people can't buy and sell houses. Um Another impact that happened was that um, lenders withdrew their products from the market. So lenders said they don't, they no longer, whoa, they no longer <laughs> are happy with you putting down a 10%, 5% deposit. They want 40% deposit. Now, a lot of people don't know why this is, but the main reason they did it, banks were doing it to protect themselves as well as their customers. This is because surveyors can't go out to a property due to the lockdown and value how much a property is worth. So, in all, so what banks did to protect themselves is that they gave themselves a bigger breathing space saying that people need to put down a larger deposit. So there needs to be more equity in the property. And what that does, that protects the property against um, house price fluctuations. And it also protects the property against an incorrect valuation, essentially. So um, all of these things happened and um, the property market really came to a halt. I mean, estate agents couldn't open um Removal companies um, seized trading. Um, lenders saw themselves not doing as much business, and lenders saw themselves giving a lot of mortgage payment holidays as well, um, mm-hmm. which came at a financial cost to them as well as an operational cost as well, because they have to dedicate a certain amount of staff to um, 
dealing with mortgage payment requests, mortgage payment holiday requests, and also they won't be receiving mortgage payments from, I can't remember the million amount of customers that took a mortgage payment holiday, but it was a significant mm-hmm. amount of customers. I believe the numbers was mm-hmm. at least 10% of homeowners. I think it was more yeah. than like 10% of, at least 10% of home, all homeowners in the UK took a mortgage payment holiday. So we're talking about millions of people. So they had to bear that operational and financial cost. So I guess what we want to find out is what's going on now, right? Exactly. So we know that COVID-19 has kind of thrown everything out of the works. But what's going on with the property market at the moment? Cool. So um, at the moment, um, the property market has restarted, essentially. Um, what's happened is that Housing Secretary uh, Robert Jenrick, I think that's his name anyway, he stated that um, every process within the housing purchase process, should I say, has been restarted. And so long as we abide by social distancing measures, um, it's fine to go ahead. So that covers everything from house viewings all the way up to removals. So all these industries are happy. And I guess it's a good thing because um, a lot of these industries were close to going out of business. I know especially the smaller estate agents that might have had to continue paying rent on their offices, but they can't do any business whatsoever because the housing market has frozen. So um, that was a good news story for some people. So if we dissect um, the separate stakeholders uh, within the housing house buying, buying process and find out what's going on with them. So let's look at estate agents, right? During the COVID period, the estate agents, the estate agents were quite kind of like um, uh, myself and Kate because we're using tech to bring you guys this content, right? Yeah. We're using FaceTime and cameras and stuff like that. And the estate agents did the same thing, essentially. What they said is that, right, we're going to start, we're going to continue doing viewings, but we're going to start doing virtual viewings. So um, estate agents partnered with the homeowners themselves to grant virtual viewings for some, for potential buyers of property. Now, um, I did some tweets to find out if people were doing potential buy, uh, were doing virtual viewings. Quite a few people were doing virtual viewings. There were actually some people that were happy to buy a property doing a virtual viewing as well. Um, so what's happened now, right? Viewings are allowed so long as social distancing measures are taken, essentially. Okay. Do, do we think that virtual viewings are going to continue? What, what do you reckon? Um, do you know what? I think they're quite interesting. I have actually been on one and I wanted to see how, how it worked and I had okay. a look yeah it was it was actually really cool quite interesting um but I, I do think it'll be a way that people will be able to view houses you know like if, if someone was moving far um for example yeah. if I wanted to move to like Scotland then yeah I think it'll be a way that people who are nowhere near the location they want to purchase um you know in they'll be able to view that way so I, I do think that a lot of changes that are happening now will be kept going forward yeah, no, I think I think you're absolutely right. I think the um, estate agents, the one that had never ventured into this before and had to venture into it because of COVID, they're going to say that, right, we have this facility so we can actually help some people, people that can't get down to the viewings. However, I do think that they're going to, um, obviously, naturally, um, physical viewings are going to spike now. Um, they, they want people to come in and see the property and buyers especially themselves as well. They want to come in and see the property. They want to do the whole putting their hand under the tap, feeling the walls, knocking, yeah, knocking the walls. Yeah. You, know, you know all these traditional yeah. stereotypical things you see. So, yeah, of course that's going to happen. Um, I guess another stakeholder within the whole buying process is solicitors, mm-hmm. uh, conveyances. They had a backlog of um, transactions that needed to go through. Um, it was a stupid amount, in the hundreds of thousands, essentially. So, um Anybody that's gone through the buying process before already, um, you know that 
solicitors do great work. They do fantastic work, but they are slow. They, you will have to chase them and it can be so frustrating. So during this period, you're going to have to chase them even more. Mm-hmm. Like, it's going to be crazy because they've got such a crazy backlog because of what's happened with COVID. So I guess that's the only change that you'll see in that respect is that you're going to have to be a lot more patient with solicitors. Uh, removal companies, um, again, just go through that quickly. Um, you're probably just going to see a backlog um, when it comes to moving home. They're, they're just going to have so many bookings. So you may people may have to consider renting their own van and doing the move themselves with friends and family if you can, um, which is now permitted under the social distancing rules. Right. If we go to the next stakeholders, this is where it gets interesting. Let's talk surveyors. So surveyors play such an instrumental part in the home buying process because they value the properties, essentially. And they kind of give um, lenders, uh, bank, uh, mortgage lenders confidence that they can lend a certain amount on a property, essentially. Uh, let me give you an example, right? Okay, let's say you went to go buy a two-bedroom house for 300000 right? And um, you put down a deposit of 30000 right? This would mean that the bank needs to lend you £270,000, right? Now, in a crazy world where you didn't make your mortgage payments, and we know this could never be the case because you are the founder of Pennies to Pounds podcast here. So could never be me. Com- never. That's completely impossible. But let's just say that <laughs> you didn't make your payments. Cool. In a normal scenario, yeah, the bank is happy because what they will do is they will come and repossess your 300k house. They'll sell it on the market. Now, let's just say on the market, they didn't manage to get 300K. They managed to get 295. That's fine because they still get their 270K. And what they'll do is that they'll give you back your 25K and you take a 5K loss, basically. Does that make sense? Now, the problem is, is that during the COVID period, value surveyors couldn't go out there and make sure that that house is worth 300K, which is why banks said that, you know what, forget the 10% deposit. To be sure that we can get all of our money back, we want to make sure that you've got to put down, um, that we're only lending up to 60% of the property. So um, buyers have to put down a 40% deposit, essentially. And it gives them so much, it gives them so much space because no surveyor is going out there. There's so much breathing space because instead of putting down um, a 30, a 30K deposit, you're putting down, I mean, what's 40% of, it's so shameful, I have to get a calculator out, wait. That sounds that's a 120k deposit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 120k. So they're only lending you 180k. So the chance, put it this way, the chance of the valuation that they're doing being out by 120k is very rare. Which is why they said we want 40% deposits. Cool. But now surveyors allowed out now. So immediately surveyors were allowed out. We saw lenders like HSBC state that right, we're doing physical valuations again now. Do you get what I'm trying to say? And now you don't, you no longer need a 40% deposit. You need some banks were saying that we're doing 15% deposits now. Some banks are definitely doing 10% deposits. It's not as widely available, available as it was before, but 10% deposits are definitely out there right now. And they're out there for buyers to take, take advantage of. Now, um, I guess this is a good time to go on to the last stakeholder, which is, uh, buyers. Yes, I wanted to ask you this question. So when it comes to buyers now, obviously it's COVID-19. There's so much uncertainty everywhere. So there must be people out there who may have their deposit ready or 
literally ready to buy a house then lockdown came and they're unsure what to do now so what would you say to first-time buyers who are looking to to buy their, their own place the first place should they wait should they hold off um should they still look is that something that you'd be able to answer obviously i know it's quite a broad question um and you may not know the, the complete answer what do you think it's a tricky one it's a very tricky one and unfortunately it's not going to be a definitive answer it's going to be a depends yeah. but um hopefully you kind of get the two profiles that i'm talking about so um, if you're a first-time buyer with um, no real property experience or property education, so you are literally just, um, you, you would like to own a home, um, you don't do anything like study, you haven't got any history in studying house values, essentially, so you don't know, um, you, how do I put this? You've found a property on a street that you like and you like the look of it, you've gone to a mortgage broker, you've told you that you can afford it and you're going to buy it, right? I would just be a bit patient because you need all of the information. However, if you're a first-time buyer who is leveraging off the information of someone who is a property investor or somebody who knows quite a lot about property, or you're a first-time buyer that knows the area that you're buying in, um, you know the area that you're buying in well already, um, and you think that you can get a deal, let me put it this way, right? If, there's, if we go back to that 300k house, right? Um, um, let's say that you put an offering for 300k. There's a difference between... Um, you view in the property, you have no idea what the property is going to be worth. They've told you 300k. Your broker said that you can afford 300k and you buy the house. That's the first person scenario, right? I would say that scenario is a bit risky. However, there's a difference between that and someone who has been looking at properties on that road for a year, right? They know that properties have sold on that road for 330k, 340k. Um, this one is 300k. And the reason, and you understand the reason why it's 300k as well. This one's 300k, but it's 300k because it doesn't have a driveway. The other ones do have a driveway. Do you know what I'm trying to say? If there's difference in prices, yeah, generally speaking, I would advise, especially this level of buyers, what I'm discussing, investigate why. You need to know why the price is different. There needs to be a rationale for everything, right? We're talking about a real buy and sell market. So under, if, if you understand why the price is the way it is, I would say this is a good time to get a deal as well because in that scenario, if you know that it's worth 300k based on all the things I, I, I mentioned, try and go in at 290. I would say that this is a good time to try and get a deal, so trying to trying to take advantage of it. And you can still take advantage of it if you are a first-time buyer anyway as well. You can try and come in at 290,000. You could try and come in at 285. Quite a lot of the time, um, it's good to give an estate agent a reason why you're coming in at, at a lower price. Sometimes just say affordability. Two nights is all I can afford right now. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Or say that exactly that. Or say that um, do you know what? I thought it was going to have this, but I came and I realised that you, a lot of people people make stuff up for viewings. You know, it's so funny. They say something like, "Do you know what? When I came to this property, I thought it had a driveway, but I came and I realised it didn't have a driveway. It was a different one I was thinking of. So I'm only happy to pay two ninety. They're waffling, but this is the game that we play in, right? So <laughs> get the, the price anything, right? Exactly that. Say what you need to say exactly that. So um, yeah, I would say that now is the now is the time to try and snag a deal. Basically, so generally speaking, what I'm saying to people that is, if you're going to buy now, at least try and get a deal, or make sure that the price that is being offered at is a good deal. Just what I would say is that because we don't know what's going to happen, what we're going to what's going to happen with the economy, um, house prices is expected to fall. Just make sure that in this period you are not paying over the odds. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Um, 
generally speaking with first-time buyers, right, it's different to... Investors never pay over the odds when you're buying a property. So I don't have to mention to investors, is this a good time to buy? Because most investors are hungry right now. Which I'm trying to say, now is the best time to snag a deal, right? But with with um, residential buyers, yeah, they they are the ones that... A lot of the time, they're the ones that inflate house values because... There is there is sentiment involved, right? They like they fall in love with the house. You know what I'm trying to say? It's kind of like um, they've seen. It's kind of like like when when you go to a house, right, and somebody has got a nice um, a nice uh, Mercedes parked out the front. Then you go into the house. It's got a sixty inch TV on the wall, mounted on the wall, all nice. No wires are showing. No wires are showing. You know, people actually end up paying over the odds because of how much they love that. What really? the persons have, and they and they take it. Ooh, this is why it's not that big in the UK, but in the U- American um, um, property industry, they stage houses. The estate agents will pay people to come. Yeah, they stage houses because this is what people buy. Sometimes, especially, so not for investors. Investors are used to, you see me as an investor, yeah? I need the floor plan. I, I, a, lot of, a lot of my decision is based on the floor plan. I need to see the floor plan. Do you get what I'm trying to say? I don't really care about the walls and stuff like that. But when it comes to residential buyers, these guys, they fall in love with what they can see themselves living in. So if you have an idea unfur- of the house. Exactly, that's it. If you have an unfurnished property, it's going to be kind of tough to sell that for some, to someone who especially has never owned a home before, do you know what I'm trying to say? Which is why naturally you'll find that a lot of first-time buyers buy new builds because yes, new builds sure. always come with furniture, fresh, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, yeah there you go. So Crazy. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Completely forgot about that. So, so yeah, that's, that's kind of what we're looking at. So with buyers, I, like, let me just summarise. I'll summarise by saying that First time buyers with, with that don't have that much property experience, I'll say, if you'd like to go ahead, go ahead. And if you're ready now, go ahead. But just make sure that you're not paying over the odds. Um, a way you can make sure that you're not doing that is just uh, look at sold house values on Zoopla and Brighton. Yeah. Um, other property investors that can leverage off someone who knows quite a lot about property or someone that's been doing a lot of research themselves, listen, now's the time to, to snag a deal because the whole... It, property uh, markets are affected by what everybody thinks as well, unfortunately. And now that everybody thinks that house prices are going to do- go down, vendors, property people that put their house in the market, you're they're expecting for people to come lower than what they've marketed for. They're expecting it. You get what I'm trying to say? Because everybody's saying house prices are going down. Do you get what I'm trying to say? So um, definitely, definitely, they're going to be expecting to get bids below market value. I mean. Um, I've put my property. I've put one. I don't sell properties now, but once upon a time in a crazy state, I put one of my properties on the market, and people in a norm when there was no COVID, people were coming twenty k, twenty five k. Makes you fuming, but they're coming twenty five, twenty k under the under market value. And yeah. then what happens is the estate agents are trying to urge you, saying, "Hmm, what do you reckon? Um, do you reckon that um, you would go ten k below market value? Do you reckon?" And I'm saying that. Listen, if I wanted to do that, I would have told you that from the offset. Do you get what I'm trying to say? So, yeah, yeah. listen, now's the time to snag a deal. And finally, the last reason I say that now's the time to stop snag a deal as well, just going on off the back of estate agents, is that estate agents work off commission, right? They've been mm-hmm. in lockdown for about two months, right? They haven't earned any commission. Yeah. So now they are hungry. If you are a real buyer, pick up the phone and speak to an estate agent about a property that you like the look of and say, listen, this is what I've got. Just be upfront with me. Is the vendor, don't say it would the vendor accept um, 10K below market value. Just use the term, 
is the vendor open to offers? I just need to know because I can't pay the value that's been listed at. Is the vendor open to offers? And then if they say yes, then you work from there. Hopefully that answers the question. I've been going off. That's absolutely amazing, as usual. So on the flip side, I want to say, so obviously you said the right is a good time for buyers, you'd be able to snag a deal, so definitely good time to be thinking about still getting your house. So if we reversed it, so let's say I have my house and um, I'm looking to sell it, I don't want it anymore, I want to get rid of it and put it on the market. Should I be doing that now? Should I be waiting until 2021? Is it a bit uncertain to know? What, what would you say to someone who wants to sell their house now? Um, it's, it's a tough one because we, we um, I know I know I said that it's a good time for buyers to um, find a deal, but they're testing their luck, essentially. A lot of the time they're going to hit a brick wall. And the reason is, is because the vendor's just going to accept what they want to uh, accept, right? So I spoke about when I was listing my property, I didn't accept any of those offers and I just took my house off the market. That was a no, yeah, that, I just didn't sell my house then. Do you get what I'm trying to say? And yeah, the, thing, the, thing, the thing about vendors is that they can do that because the marketing costs are bought, uh, bared by the estate agent. So you can list your property, sign a deal with an estate agent, yeah, list it for 12 weeks, sign a contract. Um, that contract's been signed. You try and sell the house for 12, for 12 weeks. All it can, the worst that can happen is that it's an inconvenience for you with viewings and things like that, if that makes sense. But um, if you get a lot of stupid offers in, in and you don't want to set them, then you just don't sell your house. So I think that if you are someone who wants to sell your house to make money or you want to sell your house to move to a bigger one, list it on the market. Speak to First of all, start off by speaking to the estate agent and finding out what they think that you can achieve for the house. Yeah. And speak yeah. to a few as well. Speak to a few as well. You want to get the you set. Before you speak to a few, actually set the price that you want for the property and then speak to the estate agents. They will tell you what they think the property is valued at and what they think they can achieve for the property as well, right? Um, you can then list your house on the market with the estate agent that you want to go with. And then, it, listen, if you don't want to sell it at the price that you're the people offering, then that's that. One thing I'll just mention as well is that people have no experience in selling houses. Estate agents take a fee. The fee is normally a percentage, right? So... If you want to sell your house for 300k, they're going to take a fee and it might mean that you end up with 292. If you need 300k, it may mean that you need to list that house at 310,000, if that makes sense. Just okay. a little, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's if that makes like, sense. Yeah, 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 makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, um, in summary, if you're somebody that wants to sell, um, go for it. If you if you need to sell, go for it. Um, I think when you need to sell, it's a bit it's a bit different because um, unfortunately, come out deciding. Yeah, exactly that. And unfortunately, this is what we, it sounds nasty, but this is how markets work, right? Investors yeah. thrive off people that need to sell, right? If an investor knows that you need to sell, they, they've got you, right? Because this is not even an investor, any savvy buyer, you know what I'm trying to say? You find someone that needs to sell. If the estate, if the estate agent somehow makes you aware that the buyer needs to, that the seller needs to sell before this amount of time, then they're caught between a rock and a hard place. And that's often where a deal arises. But if it's somebody that wants to sell, that doesn't necessarily need to sell, you can just stick to your guns and there. You come with some great advice as always. So thank you so much. You've come for the buyers and the sellers. But just to round it up, I want you to kind of put your thinking cap on, right? So put your thinking cap on. Imagine, right, you are that so raven, okay? So you can see into the future, what would you say? What would your prediction be? Yeah, that's so bricks. What would you say is going to be the future of the property market? Obviously, as you say, like it's it's just it's just a guess. We never we don't actually know what's going to happen, right? But what would you say? 
with your thinking cap on as that so bricks what would you say is going to be the future what are we going to see going forward it's a tough one we've got we got we got the near future we got um uh in a couple of years time we got in 10 years time so um i would say that on on the outset the economy is in a bad place um Mm -hmm. so on the outset we definitely do expect house prices to go down um it's really tough right now to give an indication because if i'm being honest we don't even know some people think that the effects of COVID have happened. I don't think they've happened yet, if that makes sense. Same, I think that we I think that we're gonna see stuff topple in yeah. like even yeah. when we're I think that we're gonna see stuff topple after we've been allowed out. I think that's when we're actually gonna start realizing the effects of COVID. So yeah. until we start seeing that, it's very hard to say. But house prices will go down. However, um in this day and age, they they are I think especially because of the last financial crisis. They are given. They are paying a lot of attention to the housing market, to the property industry. They're paying a lot of attention. So I don't think it's going to be as bad as a lot of people are expecting. Um, just because of the amount of attention that's being paid towards paid towards it. For example, even lenders doing that whole forty percent thing. Do you know how prudent that is compared to what they were like before? Do you get what I'm trying to say? They, yeah, they they've true. gone straight into. They went straight into a. Um, uh, a, a scenario where they're but protecting the, themselves yeah, and customers like, basically mm-hmm. locked everything off basically like listen 40 percent. i mean a 40 percent deposit is basically zero risk right it's crazy do you get what i'm yeah. trying to say so um they they locked everything off and the amount of help that um the um, the government's given as well with like uh, uh mortgage payments to ensure that people don't the mortgage payments is essentially just to make sure that people don't default during this period because obviously when people start defaulting then they have to sell their price and they're willing to sell their price at um there's willing to sell their house at um 230k when it's worth 300k just to get out of the mortgage that they owe the bank and things like that so that's that these are the measures that are being put in place that we were unheard of the last time um something like this happened essentially so I think they definitely will go down. Um, I think it will be bad, but it will recover slowly. And I can, I can imagine that more measures are going to be put in place. Um, for people that want to buy now, um, and people like yourself, Kay, because I've spoken to you um, a few times about it, um, a lot of us now are not buying property just to live in it. We're buying it as an investment as well. And in the back in the back of your mind, you just need to say to yourself, that property isn't something that you get in and out of in two years, right? It's a long-term investment, right? So... Um, if you were gonna, someone had bought a property. If you were gonna sell a property, you'd probably sell it in about five years' time. Do you get what I'm trying to say? And that's if you were gonna sell it. Do you get what I'm trying to say? So, um, it's a thing whereby you may not be affected. So long as you put down a, a substantial deposit and you've got enough breathing space, you may not necessarily feel the um, major impacts of um, house prices reducing. You've bought an asset that you may want to keep the asset and pass it down to your children. So if house prices go down in 2020, 2021, 2022, 2023, and they start picking up in 2024, 2025, and that 300K house, by the time it's 2050, that 300K house is now worth 420. It's kind of like, mm, do you get what I'm trying to say? It's kind of like... Yeah, I get you. We were, we were thinking small picture for something that you want to keep for how many years, if that makes sense. So I think that's just something that people uh, should keep in the back of their mind when it comes to property. It is a long-term investment. And 
you're in it for the long haul. It's not it's not a get rich quick scheme. So um, I think that is just something that people should consider. But all in all, I would say that I expect house prices to. Uh, I do expect them to go down. I don't expect it to be majorly severe. Um, and I do expect it to recover in the coming years, let's just say two, three years. But um, people that want to buy, people that want to buy for investment as well, especially if you're, I know we spoke about on your, on the last episode of the podcast, we spoke about um, if you buy a three bedroom house, you can rent out two houses, two rooms um, to lodgers and you make money off that and it'll be more than your mortgage yeah. payments, right? Well, yeah. we need to understand that there's a trade-off, right? Even though house prices are house prices are going down but at this point in time interest rates are low which is going to mean that you're getting a really good interest rate right and if you're getting rental income and the rental income is exceeding that mortgage um, payment and you're making a profit for those one two years you would have been making a profit on your property anyway that's if you wanted to do that anyway so these, these are just things to consider right it's not it's not always just that listen to what they say on the news and uh it's a lot of it is scaremongering um but I yeah think, for I, sure for sure for sure but i think let's let's be clear right house prices will go down and depending on what your objectives objectives are depending on what you want from property it's up to everyone to make the decision whether they want to invest now or get into it now but just remember property is long term that like we're in we're in it for the long term so just before i end as well give someone like myself right i've got four properties one residential three um uh, investment properties, right? The free investment properties, if house prices do go down, yeah, what that what does that mean for me? What does that look like for me? And hopefully this will help people understand. Generally speaking, if I get a significant amount of equity in one of my investment properties, I'll pull out the equity and I'll use it to buy another property. If house prices go down, I'm not expecting to see that significant part of equity. However, with yeah. investment properties, you tend to have a lot of equity in it anyway, because um, in order for you to pull some equity out, um, you need to have a substantial amount, right? Um, so how do I put this? Um, generally speaking, you need to have about 25% equity in your investment property anyway. So if house prices go down, you might not be able to pull any out, but you won't be anywhere close to negative equity, essentially. So That's as yeah. a summary, summary, sorry, I'm doing t- tongue twisting. As a summary, if house prices go down, what does that mean for my investment properties? All it means, because I had no intention of selling them anyway, I'm keeping these properties for life and sending them down to my children. All it means is that I can't pull out equity. However, the rental income is still there and the rental income is always exceeding the mortgage, making me a profit. So hopefully that summarizes it and makes it uh, clear for people. But yeah. Thank you so much for giving us your time. I know it's COVID, it's lockdown, and COVID's been so uncertain in so many different ways. Um, I can only thank you for coming on and providing a bit more clarity because there's so much going on in the media that it's almost hard to know what you should take in. Um, but you've definitely broken it down in terms of property to make it a lot, a lot, a lot easier to understand and know what we should be doing going forward. Um, but yeah, let us know. Well, let the people know where we can find you because you have had so much going on recently. Um, obviously, you've got your social media accounts and you have launched the site, the amazing site where people can go and learn and take courses to learn about properties. Tell us more about that. Tell us more where we can find Bricks with Tips because we're not done. We're not done. And we want to know more. Yes, yes, yes. So um, uh, Bricks with Tips has previously exceeded on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, <laughs> um, yeah, so we previously on those three, and YouTube, sorry. Yeah. However, we have just launched our new website, www.brickswithtips.co.uk. You guys need to check that out. So on that, on that website, we have 
courses. So courses that tell you about mortgages. We spoke a bit about equity. It explains exactly what equity is on there. I'm going to be releasing new courses. Comes with calculators. We have a buy to let guide course as well, where you can learn about buy to let. Um, that one's chargeable. If you're listening to this, it's chargeable at £49 as a promo price. Yeah. So that's not going to be for long. So that price is going to change. Um, the rest of the courses that are currently on there are free. So you guys enroll as soon as you can and get that free property knowledge. I mean, if you liked this episode that we had, that I've just had, um, this link up that we, we've been doing, uh, myself and Kay, um, especially the last episode as well, you need to be enrolled into the website because there's so much information on there for you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm going to link all of that down and go and check everything out because the website's honestly amazing um, and you'll be a fool to miss out on the knowledge. Why would you not go and grab the knowledge? I want to just say thank you again for coming on. You've been absolutely amazing. Guys, if you enjoyed him like you did last time, let me know and I'll be sure to bring him back. Um, this was definitely at the audience request uh, and he's amazing. I love having Bricks on. Um, yeah, this has been this week's episode. I hope you guys have enjoyed. If you want to see visuals and visuals are live on the YouTube as well. Um, there was a bit of an issue with the audio. Guys, don't even get me started. Don't even get me started. Um, my camera cut out twice. I had to resort to my phone. And then when I went to my phone, the audio wanted to cut out. So if you do watch it instead of listen or, you know, whichever one, you will realise that the audio is a bit towards the end. Sorry, guys, I did the best that I could do going forward belts and braces i'm gonna have a mic i'm gonna have everything i'm gonna have everything um already i just didn't expect that to all kind of fall down on me but yeah definitely go and check out the visuals we'll be having more visuals and more guests coming up soon but again thank you bricks for being here it's been absolutely amazing everyone be sure to follow pennies to pounds on instagram that's pennies to pounds pod pennies to pounds on twitter which is pennies to pound singular so no s um obviously youtube is pennies to pounds tv website www.pennies2pounds.co.uk um and yeah we'll be back again next week with a new episode thanks guys see ya bye